Welcome along, folks, to this week's Tune the Cut. And today we're going to talk to Michaela. We're going to look back on the opener of the women's league. Uh, not the best results against Man City, but listen, we just move on, move on. And then later on, I'll be chatting to uh, Collie Rich and Chris about the Borny game coming up on Monday. So, uh, Michaela, good afternoon. Good afternoon. How are you, Joe? I'm actually very, very good. Uh, I know, and rightly so, we built this up, we built this match up, and everybody was looking forward to it, and then Everton win, we just do an Everton on it. And it just, yeah, exactly. It, exactly. It, it was just, uh, there's a couple of things kind of struck me that uh, Everton didn't seem, I know we'll get into the game itself properly, yeah. Everton, they just didn't seem to know each other or... I like they were playing with each other for the first time. It was, it was mad, especially at the back. We did sign nine new summer signings, and I think five of them started um, for the game. But it was just like you were saying, it's so hard to gel in such a small amount of time. So I think mm. just give them more time, and hopefully um, they'll be more used to playing with each other. But it was tough first game of the season with five new players coming in. Yeah, I think as well as that, like City were just they were just awesome. I mean, the speed of them. And I know we, we mentioned last week in the build up that uh, a couple of players to watch out for, but uh, one of them, Hayley Rasso, I got the speed of her. She's just like lightning, isn't she? Exactly. She was just such an amazing player for us last season and it is um it's a miss to not have her in the squad anymore. But she played unreal on Saturday. It's a great display mm. from her. Mm. Well, getting into the game itself, to be honest, you can see from the very start that like City, they, they seem to target Everton's like left hand side because everything seemed to go down that way, and they just ripped us to shreds down that side. Yeah, so the wings were very exposed, and City did seem to exploit that. And I'm kind of surprised there weren't changes. Like it was more positive in the second half, but I think there could have been changes made sooner. Because there was three goals in 12 minutes, like mm. there could have been a few more changes to try and stop that. But eventually, at halftime, we made some subs, which um, it did brighten it up. But it was really tough at halftime being 3 0 down, such an uphill battle. Yeah, it was kind of game over, really, by halftime. Really, I mean, it's it, it just like you said, playing probably one of the best teams in the league. So to be 3 0 down at halftime, it's just a mountain. It's really tough, honestly. And I feel like for it being the first game of the season and all the hype built up for it, like obviously there would have been nerves involved for the girls and there's a few aspects that you could say would contribute to something like that. But as well, like with the new signings and everything, there was just a few things that didn't go away. But I feel like it could have been a really good opportunity to beat City or even go on and beat City. Just some things just didn't fall right for us. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's just like I said, you'd see it from the very start. Get into the goals, like the first goal. Um, it was just to be honest, you could see it coming. It it was really, yeah. it was it was coming. It did take them twenty six minutes, but like they did have some chances before that that you think would go in, um, and we were lucky enough. But yeah, for the first goal, so the first effort was saved just in the build up to the goal from Sandy McIver, but it went straight back out to. Sada and um, nobody closed her down. She had so much space and just way too much time right on the penalty spot. Like we did have numbers back, but it was a very good goal and she put it past five of our defenders and the goalkeeper, obviously. Um, and it went, on, it went in off the post and was a great finish, but just 
way too much time and way too much space given to her. Yeah, it's just, I know it's, a, it's probably be a recurring thing for this review, but the, just the defence, they were just all over the place. There was no cohesion. It was just... They looked very lost. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And uh, like, they just didn't seem to know the positions, especially Bjorn. I know I know you mentioned before we started recording, but Bjorn, she just had a stinker, didn't she? Yeah. Like, um, obviously, she's one of the new summer signings. And as I said before, you know, it will take time for her to gel with the other players and stuff. But there was just some instances where there was mixed up of communication between like the centre backs, which is just exactly where you don't want that to happen, uh, which was unfortunate. But yeah, and and then the second goal, kind of similar, similar kind of stuff. Just, just the defence being stretched all over the place. Yeah, and like some great interceptions from City. So, second goal came ten minutes later after the first one, and there was two interceptions from Alex Greenwood, and um, one was from a bad pass from Bali, and then the second interception came straight after that from a bad touch from Duggan, um, and then obviously there was that mix up of communication between Bjorn and George. And it led to yet another City player, you know, way too much time and space. And she had a composed finish to double their, to double their lead. But um, in my opinion, I think Bjorn should have just stayed with her player and put pressure on the ball, not just let her run in. Because then Gabby George had to try and make the decision, do I stay and defend? Do I go up to her? But in a split second, it's so tough. And especially because with their mix-up of communication... Um, it was tough for her to know what to do and by the time she came up with an idea it was in the back of the net so it was just quite frustrating to watch Yeah, kind of heads, heads when that second goal went in, heads kind of dropped a little bit, you could see them there was no not that there was no fight but they just, they just looked like they knew the game was up Yeah, like obviously with that mix up communication things like this is going to happen because you know, players are still learning to play with each other after the new signings come in and stuff. Mm. Um, but yeah, you could kind of tell it, it did put a big damper on, like two 0 down after two 0 down after the thirty six minutes. Like, just not ideal, really. Yeah, yeah. And then the court, the talk goal. It was just literally that. Third goal was... two minutes later. Like, yeah, this was yeah. not ideal at all. Um, again, there was nobody marking the goal scorer. They were just. All the defenders looked so lost. They were just all following the ball. Um, and it was a good finish, to be fair, but she just should have been closed down. Like, mm. giving City a chance like that, being unmarked in the box, I just, it just, the defence looked all over the place. And although it was a great assist, you mentioned earlier about Hayley Razo, it was a great assist from her. But three goals in 12 minutes, like, it meant it was going to be such an uphill battle trying to get back into the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd say, I'm not quite sure what, what, Type of manager Willie Cork is, but I wonder would he get them a roast in a half time? Yeah, well, to be fair, I'd say he did. You know, he opened up the second half and you know changed the shape, made some subs, and it did get a good reaction to the players. But um, I was just a bit surprised that he didn't do it a little bit sooner. But he did do it eventually, so fair enough. Yeah, and then uh, we're seeing. I know you, you built her up last week. Uh, Benison, come on, she actually looked very positive. Yeah, she played really well. Now, I am. Um, she's one of my favourites to look forward to seeing. She actually played really well when she came on, and I am really looking forward to see her playing in the future and like during the season. It'd be great. But she did well when she came on. Mm-hmm. And then, like, 
he said it was an uphill battle, but I mean the fourth goal, he just he just had to hold your hand up sometimes to say, listen, a touch of class. I mean, what a free kick. Yeah, exactly. Listen, like frustration came into it and our centre back Bjorn gave away a really unnecessary free kick, to be fair, but um we just shouldn't have given a free kick away in that range. Like no one city, it was always mm-hmm. gonna end up in the back of the net, but it was a superb finish from uh, Steph Auden. Yeah, like I said, a great, great free kick, but uh, the game was out. But there was a couple of positives I thought from the game. Uh, one of them was, uh, even though it was four 0 I thought uh, McKeever, the keeper, would have some good saves. Yeah, Sandy McIver, she's an unreal player. Like again, back when we were playing the FA Cup last year, uh, the final, she did unreal again, and like she just, she was great for us last season, and hopefully she'll continue this season. She's an unreal keeper. Mm. Uh, and I thought actually Gabby George done well. I know she was she was up against like as you said Haley Russell. She's just a speed merchant. She just really is. And I thought George done okay with her. Yeah, I think she did pretty well against Razo. Honestly, like it is a tough challenge playing against her. She's such a great player, um, the Australian international. But Gabby George did so well on her, and she had a great game to be fair, considering the result. You know. Mm. And there's one there's one moment there where she she went past her. Got into the box, but George just got back and like what a tackle! I mean, just, yeah, the and speed she had, she had, like, she, yeah, she just had to get a spot on because if she didn't, it was a pen. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, so overall, overall thoughts on the first first match. I know it was hard to kind of get a hammer at that first game out, but there was some some little bits of positivity. Yeah, like overall, as I said, I was a bit surprised that he didn't make the changes quicker. Because you could see our left hand side was getting exploited as it got to the channel. Like we were making it far too easy for City. But the improvement in the second half, it does make me feel more optimistic going into the next games. And obviously there is work to improve on, but we were against a very good City side. Like you have to remember that. Um, mm. The stats kind of prove it. You know, 14 shots for City with nine on target compared to our nine shots with three on target. So yeah, hopefully we will be improving that in training and stuff. But yeah, as you said, there was some positives. Like one of the shots on target that I mentioned was um, it was Dan Turner's free kick. It was a really good mm-hmm. effort, and it was one of our closest chances of the game. Um, obviously, it could have done with a bit more power, but like it was just pa- it was just pushed past the post by the keeper, and it was a really good idea going low. I think kind of he didn't really expect it, so you know it was a good effort from her. You know, as I was saying, the second half performance was a lot better compared to the first half. So when Galvin came on the pitch, like her first touch, it was a header um, and it was saved, like fingertip save from the goalkeeper onto the crossbar, like, another one of our closest shots. So we did have positives in the game, but mm. um, it was just a struggle to get the ball in the back of the net, unfortunately. But um, hopefully yeah. that will come. Yeah. And, I uh, thought the keeper actually played there. Man City's keeper played very well. It wasn't even their first choice keeper. Yeah, she had a great game. So, yeah, there was just under 6,000 people at the game watching, which is another record-breaking attendance. Um, really good for the girls at Goodison Park. Really good for the girls at Goodison Park. You know, it showed. Um, it was great to see the fans getting out and see the game, even though it wasn't the way we wanted it to go. I think the girls mm. still put in a pretty good, decent effort. Like, a few players had a really good game. Um, and then there was a WSL viewing record set with a peak audience of 800,000 on uh, BBC One, which was great wow. to see. So that's out of all of the games on the WSL. It's the highest viewed so far, which is really good. A really good stuff to see. Yeah, exactly. I just want to mention it. Uh, I know Donna said it a couple of times as well. 
what a weekend for women's sport, not not just football. Like you had uh, obviously the Everton ladies, then you had um, Leon Maguire burning up the course and the Ryder Cup. And then yeah. uh, obviously Katie Taylor did the base on uh, Saturday night as well. So just just a fantastic weekend for, for women's sport overall. I understand. Yeah. So, okay. So we're going to then this week, uh, and it's just, like I said, it's just not getting any easier because they're playing Chelsea, who won the league last yeah. year. Talk about uh, a difficult start to the season. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. So, uh, thoughts on this? Like the Chelsea game, like it's, it's going to be so hard, even though like they did lose the first game uh, at Arsenal. Yeah, they still, lost I mean, against Arsenal too, um, which was kind of surprising, but. Um, it gives us a bit of hope going into the game, you know, like we lost on Saturday, but Chelsea also lost. So hopefully mm. it'll um, be decent for us. But um, the game is on Sunday, the 12th of September. It's on BBC Two and it's at uh, half 12 kickoff, but coverage starts at quarter past 12. There you go. So on the box again. So um, obviously, do you think he'll make a couple of changes? I think he'd have to. Maybe especially yeah, at the back, you have, have to try something different. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe a different formation and just. I feel like he experimented against City, which was a really brave thing to do. Um, but hopefully it will just be a bit more back to what we know against uh, Chelsea on Sunday. Mm, maybe just hard lesson learned. Maybe not. Yeah, just... exactly. Like he did try something, and um, fair play to him for giving it a go anyway. But it just didn't work out. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, uh, a couple of players to look out for on the Chelsea side, if if not the whole eleven, but you <laughs> just exactly. have a couple of players. Yeah. <laughs> oh, so, yeah. Uh, so a couple couple of players just to watch out for. Yeah. So uh, you might have heard the name Fran Kirby. Uh, she's the all-time leading goalscorer, and uh, she'll definitely be one to watch uh, on the game. And so she'll definitely be one to watch on Sunday. Um, in November 2019, she was actually diagnosed with like a rare condition, which caused inflammation around the heart um, and she didn't play for 16 months but then she came back at the start of last season and scored 25 goals in all competitions which is just wow. unreal like that kind of gives you an insight on what kind of player she is mm. determination yeah she's some player honestly so she'll be really tough um, coming in on Sunday mm. and another one to look out for yeah so Ji uh, Soyeon uh, the South Korean uh, she was the she was in the running for the FIFA FIFA's best women's footballer, as well as being shortlisted for the Fifth Pro World Eleven in 2020. And she was appointed co-president of the Korean uh, PFA, becoming the first female to do so. And um, wow. so she's another really well accomplished player. Uh, yeah. What position is she playing? Yeah, she's a midfielder. Okay. Oh, they're going to be really, really up against it. Um, I actually thought. No, we we talked about Tony Duggan come back. I thought she struggled a little bit last week, maybe because she was, uh, I don't know, just didn't seem to get into the game. Yeah, like obviously she's only coming back as well, so it will be tough for her, and she'll have to deal with the team as well. But um, like I mentioned earlier, she did have a bad touch, with le- which led to a goal. I think it was the second mm. goal, and um, a really bad first touch, and um, Alex Greenwood just counted on it and ended up going in the back of the net, but. I don't know, hopefully over time she'll um, get more used to playing with the team. And yeah, I know she was more. abroad, so maybe, maybe it's similar to the men's game where the, the, the speed of the women's game in, in the UK is just that much faster. 
Once yeah. he was at Barcelona, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, then, uh, predictions for the Chelsea game. I know you said last week there'd be loads of goals, but they were the wrong, into the wrong net. <laughs> yeah, listen, I did predict last week there would be loads of goals, and there was, and I also predicted yeah. that would be 3-1, and there was four goals, but obviously not the way I wanted at all. <laughs> <laughs> the so, wrong net, the wrong net. Okay, yeah, right. so um, predictions for this week? For Chelsea, I'm still going to be positive because you have mm-hmm. to be positive going into games like this, um, as we were talking about last week. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 win. 2-1 win for the Bills, yeah. Just, again, I, t- I just think it's a case of uh, integrating the new players into the squad and then the system, not not just getting to know the guys, but getting to know the system. And, uh, and like I said, he, I think he went very brave Kind of toe to toe last week with City didn't didn't it just didn't work it just yeah, didn't work exactly. from start so yeah yeah and like fair play to him because it could have worked amazingly and it could have been mm-hmm. just it, but unfortunately it just wasn't meant to be yeah yeah gamble taken and just like lessons learned as well you know I mean, yeah exactly sometimes you, sometimes you learn a lot more from from defeats like that than you would like a four or five nil win so yeah exactly hopefully. Okay, and then just before we go, uh, more news on the FAI women's team. Yeah, so, yeah, again, another positive for Irish women's football. Um, the FAI have a four-year deal with Sky Ireland to sponsor the senior women's team. Now, it's undisclosed, but it's believed to be worth a six-figure sum per year, um, which, again, is a first for the women to have a separate shirt sponsor for the men. That's from the men. It really, really is. Yeah, honestly, I was delighted when I heard that coming in. And another positive for Irish women's football, and it just keeps rising, and it's great to see. Yeah, exactly. Hopefully, like I said, they'll get the new uh, change rooms. They won't have to change in the airport jacks anymore. So. Stop, yeah. <laughs> Hopefully yeah, now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, fingers crossed. But like I said, FEI just kind of know how to mess things up big time. Yeah. Okay, Michaela, thanks very much for that. Uh, we'll talk to you next week and hopefully it's another good uh, result for the Blues. Yeah, fingers crossed. Thanks, million Joe. Uh, no problem. Okay, folks, we'll take a short break and uh, after the break, we'll talk to the lads about the Burnley game on Monday night. Talk to you in a second. Thanks. This is Kevin Campbell and you're listening to Chewing the Cud with the Irish Toffees. Come on, you Blues. Welcome back, folks. And uh, Michaela, not too happy there about the Man City hammering Butcher dust ourselves off and go again against Chelsea. All right, now joined by the three boys, we're going to look forward to the Borny match on Monday. Uh, Chris, Colly, and Richie, afternoon, lads. How are you, boys? How are things? Hello, Hello Joe. Thanks. How are you guys? Oh, good. Uh, Colly, uh, a couple of things from the press conference that came out today. First one was uh, a Coleman uh, injury. It doesn't seem to be as bad as, as we thought or the media thought. Yeah, it came across that way, Joe, but I, personally speaking, I don't think uh, Coleman will start on Monday. Um, I'd be surprised if he's on the bench. Um, but again, look, we don't know the, we don't know the, the, the severity of the injury, Joe, but uh, Rafa has a tendency to possibly not tell the full truth let's say in, in, in his last few press conferences so God, I, hope, I hope he does make it Joe uh, but I, I, I just can't see it I just can't see it happening now first yeah, I, I wouldn't risk him Chris to be honest if there's any doubt or like niggles there I just, I just listen 
if they have to put Hoga out there, just put him out there. But I, I don't think I'd risk Seamus, to be honest. It's a tricky one, Joe. Like, obviously, he's the best of what we have at um, a fullback. And over their side, obviously, we know well Dwight McNeil is very good up there, left hand side. So, mm-hmm. you know, John Joe Kenny might, might have a hard time if he has to step in. But I necessarily don't like Ben Godfrey right back. I think he was great left back filling in last year. I think when he played right back, he seemed to struggle a bit more than, than usual. So, Mason Holgate is obviously another option. Maybe he can. Uh, he can do the full-back role, but uh, look, you would expect it to be a game where we're probably going to have a bit more of the ball and we're expected to be on the front foot. So, you know, the likes of Colm and his forward play would be, you know, in terms of our attacking play and getting men forward and overlapping and stuff. Will, will, will he risk them? I, I don't know. It sounded by the press conference that he seems okay. He wasn't as bad as he thought, but... Hamstring injuries, you can never be too sure. You know, once you try to break into a stride and, you know, into a sprint, it can go again. And especially at his age, 32, having played for us in every game this season and two full games for Ireland, like it's a bit of a risk. But look, I'm sure the medical team are assessing him and he's undergoing tests. And it'll probably depend on whether he takes part in full training on Saturday or Sunday without any mm-hmm. issues. But um, look, obviously, hopefully he's fit and I want to see him playing. You want your best 11 out on the pitch every game. But as Collie rightly said, it's a hard one to tell with Benitez. You know, he keeps his cards close to his chest more often than that with team news and stuff and keeps the opposition guessing. But hopefully he'll be all right. Yeah. yeah. This this right-back team, not signing, it's come back to bite us on the arse now, Rich. Like, yeah. It's common. Uh, like, it doesn't look as bad, but like if, if he was out for a while, we'd be absolutely screwed. It didn't take long for it to hit home, did it? You know, that no. we, we failed to sign one last week and straight away that an international break and, and, and our only, or our, our main right back kind of breaks down. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's going to come home to roost at some stage, you know, and it's, it's a serious wake-up call that we, you know, we all said it here last week that we, we failed in that department in the transfer window and it's, you know, we all knew this was, was going to happen at some stage and just for it to happen so soon is a... It's a tough one, you know, because without him, it just changes our whole dynamic. You know, as Chris said there, that Coleman just going forward, you know, it's a different dynamic to looking at Godfrey, to looking at Holgate. We don't really know what Kenny can offer from day to day. So it's it's a tough one. You just hope that what Benita said today and that he is available because I think for a game like today, we're going to need more bodies kind of going forward, trying to get in behind and things like that because they're going to sit deep. You know, you know what you're going to get from them. So we need our more creative players. And if he can give us that little bit more going forward well then that's, that's what we're going to need you know so fingers crossed that he's okay but again as you said just it's that that whole kind of failure to bring in another right back in the window is looking looking more and more like a like a failure on our, on our behalf yeah yeah I just I just hope and pray that we can get through to January and nothing, nothing big happens to Shams or even a couple of others uh, someone actually a bit of bright news calling that Richardson doesn't seem to be part of this Brazilian player ban uh, I know there's eight or nine players can't play this weekend because of what happened between Brazil and Argentina but he wasn't part of the plan so he's he's good to go Yeah I think it's a solid relation between the club and, and, and the Brazilian National Football Association general. so um, he, he's he's eligible to play I know there's teams throughout the Premiership is, uh, have players missing uh, due to the ban so yeah, it's 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 in the it's in the plus box for us. 
I'm just wondering in relation, just going back briefly, Joe, on the Roy Paul situation. Do you think he'll mm. he'll he'll change it up at the weekend, go three at the back? Um three five two possibly. because uh, you have me in the back and you have obviously Kane played quite well the last day. Godfrey is back as well there. Um is that an option, do you think, or does he stick with the, the four four two or such? I suppose it depends on Godfrey's fitness levels. Like he's been out for what? 10 days, 12 days now. So it depends on, on how fit he is. Um, like Chris said, I think Godfrey at right back, <clears throat> it's not ideal, to be honest. He played well at left back when, when he was, he actually played well all over the pitch the last time when he was switched from left to right to centre half. But um, I don't know, I just don't, I just don't like John Joe Kenny, to be honest. So maybe it might be a case of having to go to a back three. I was impressed with uh, Holgate's uh, article during the week. I don't know whether you've seen it or not, Joe. Um, no. He, he basically came out and said that his standard of play last season was just not up to it. And he, he, he needs to improve this season and he recognises that, you know, he wasn't great last season, which I thought was quite mature for, for still in turn relatively young lads, you know, that kind of way. So, um, let's let's hope that he, he knuckles down and, and if he does have to come in... I, I'd be a bit like you, Joe. I'd, I'd prefer to see Holgate over John Joe. Um, uh, Roy Fall, you know, the kind of way from a more defensive point of view, particularly up against Dwight McNeil. But, um, yeah, no, look, Richardson's in. Uh, he should start up with Dom, I would suggest, uh, at the weekend. And uh, Rondon, and I think he looked pretty fit as well. I thought in, in some of the training photos that came out, He's a big unit, that's for sure. Um, yeah, he is a big lad and, and, and definitely a player that will, will certainly hold the ball up for us. Yeah. Just on that right back, would you prefer Chris Hogate in there? I know you said it earlier, but just John Kenny just scares me. He just, not scares me, but I just, I have no faith in him at all. Not personal, but he just, he just hasn't cut it. He's had enough chances and he just hasn't taken them. Yeah, look, I mean, he, he went out to Schalke, he went out alone at Celtic, and Celtic didn't want to hold on to him. And that's in Scotland, you know, as it wouldn't be as competitive as, you know, the Premier League is. So, you know, he wasn't wanted there. He's one of the players, obviously, they were hoping someone would come in for. They could get him off the wage bill. He's probably not at the standard that the club are probably aspiring for. And by aspiring for, I mean, realistically, we should be aiming to compete for the European places. And personally speaking, Kenny probably doesn't seem up to it. Nice lad, lovely lad. But football mm. is a cutthroat game. You know, he's a good lad. He's a blue. But if we want to progress, we need we need top players in each position. And Hogate, he has experience right back. You know, his loan spell right back for West Brom. And he done relatively well. He, he played the role for his last season when we played the the far centre-back. So, yeah, I mean, if it was a toss-up of the two of them, probably Hogate. I probably think Hogate is probably a little bit better on the ball than John Joe possibly would be as well. Mm-hmm. A little bit quicker as well. So, yeah, maybe. It just depends what way he wants to go. But um, I think he'll stick with the far. I just think... Um, the tree at the back kind of suited us when we didn't have wingers. It allowed mm. the fullbacks to get higher up. I think if we tried to play that system now, Luca Dean would be falling over to Mary Gray. You know, we have out there wingers that are going to be giving us the width now. So 
don't know if it's sort of a necessity. It works when you're playing narrow. You know, you have players that haven't got pace, that can't cover the ground, and you're trying to play more narrow and get the wing backs up and down. So I personally can't see us going to trade the back. I hope Ben Godfrey comes back in. I'd like to say alongside Yerry Mina, but he seems to like Michael Kane, doesn't he? Mm. There was a stat out there, the most duels won this season. Michael Kane was top of it, but I didn't see the most goals given there away is. statistics. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think I'm, well, actually, Richard might be uh, might be Michael Kane because this fella, like Chris Ward, he's just a, a battering ram. I mean, he just it's humped the ball up to him and then fade off the scraps. So it could be a case of just putting Kane and Mane in there beside him. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the type of game that Keane is suited for where he knows the kind of battles he'll get. But I said Wood and uh, probably Ashley Barnes or Westwood, which, whichever one of them are, are up front with him, like they're, they're no slouches either, you know. But I think it's the type of game that does suit Keane. So again, you know, as much as I kind of said a couple of weeks ago that I think he needs a spell out of the game, I wouldn't be too kind of too kind of bent out of shape if he, if he did start this one it's 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 kind of made for him you know heading balls away there they'll be swinging him in from as I said McNeil will be kind of launching him in and stuff so you know but yeah I mean it, it'd suit him again he'll get a lot of confidence from the clean sheet the last day out as well alongside Holgate and I suppose as long as he's playing you know so yeah there is kind of positive stats and they can be spun kind of any way you want but you know there's the manager's looking at a whole lot more of an all-round performance than a, than, a, yeah. than a couple of jewels, you know. But in fairness, he, he's kept with him. You know, he played him in the League Cup game where, you know, again, we all thought that he'd get a break after mistakes and stuff. So, again, you know, I don't know how fit Godfrey is and whether he'll want to kind of ease him back in and stuff. And I suppose, again, it will be kind of around trying to get the right balance in there. Because if, if Holgate has to go in, right back and stuff, will you want to be changing too much? So, remains to be seen. But, yeah, I wouldn't be too worried about Michael Keane starting this weekend if he, if he, if he has to. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's, that's a conundrum. It's just a hill, hill fits in, like Chris, I think, said it'll, it'll go to a back four, but it depends on, on Godfrey, uh, fitness levels and whatever. So, who's in there? That's the thing. Um, moving into the midfield, Collier, I can't see too many changes. I know James has been kind of he's back from his lovely yacht and he's actually doing a bit of work on the training pitch. Uh, I, I just can't see the midfield chance, and to be honest, because they've been just so good so far this season. Oh, well, look, I think we'll, we'll all agree that I think um, Alan and Bacari will start with the two centre mids, and you'll possibly have, if he goes a 4 4 2 situation, you'll possibly have the Mary Gray on, on the left, and possibly Townsend to start on, on the right and, and come in on the left foot. I think he just gives you a bit more. Defensive qualities over at Wobie. Um, mm. The only thing I will say, and I suppose a, a, another positive to come out over, you know, with the recent training pictures and stuff, our bench will be a lot stronger, Joe, um, or should be a lot stronger against Burnley. You know, I see Gabbanon is back, and obviously Rodriguez, and whether he be even fit enough for the bench. But look, even if he is, put him on the bench. Um, you know, so there are players coming back, which is good. Um, so, and I think one or two of the younger lads who had picked up quite bad injuries uh, before the summer, they're, they should be nearly back or, or could be actually back as well. So the, the squad itself is getting a bit more deeper and a bit more stronger, Joe, you know, the kind of way. So, yeah, it, it all bodes well for the future. But 
going back to your original point in relation to the midfield, I can't see anyone but Alan and Decorey starting in the in, in the middle there. Yeah, I think I didn't see the press conference, Chris, but I seen a few bullet points and uh, Rafa kind of uh, not laid into Hamas, but he kind of put it on the line to him saying, "Listen, it's time to book up and start contributing." Yeah, it's been a sort of a. It's been messy the whole summer. It's you know I think it's been a bit of a blame game going on. You know, mm. the way Hamez has been kind of going on on Twitch and things the manager has said. I think both of them have played their part and kind of adding to the speculation and the uncertainty. Neither of them have kind of helped the situation and really said anything, you know, out straight. Um, look, regards to Hamez, like. You can't forget last season, like we were raving about him. the goal he got against Leicester, Old Trafford. You know, he, the best technical player some of us have ever, my generation has probably seen, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, playing for Everton. And he's still that player. Now, look, he got he had it all his own way last year, you know. Ancelotti wrapped him in cotton paper and it was too cold. He let him miss games and he let him go off to Columbia when Man City were spanking us you know he, he only came because of Ancelotti because he's working under a manager that knows him he'll have an easy ride with him and he'll be the main man he'll be his guy and it's not going to be like that with the manager and as he said in his conference and I agree with him every player has to show the commitment for the shorts there's no one individuals they're all everyone's on an even playing field put in the work work hard do it on the training ground and he'll be considered and that's the way it should be and that's probably the way it hasn't been at Everton for years. Mm. We've had players like Schneiderlin and stuff that are just happy to potter around the midfield and they didn't give a shite, they wouldn't put in the work, you know. Too many players like that trying to earn a wage and they need to, like, I wouldn't be freezing a mouse, you know. You have to integrate them back into the squad. There's definitely a place there for them probably in the 10 role or in as the second striker role, 100%. In certain games, maybe if you're playing an away game where it's going to be energetic and there's a lot of running, a lot of defensive involved in it, he might be suited as we've seen last season. But like Saburni is exactly the kind of game you need him, even on the bench. If it's nil all with mm. 25 minutes to go, surely to God he can come on and start spraying passes. And we've seen the quality he has. He can annoy of a needle pass you know we can split a defence or whip a ball in whip a corner in so you have to utilise these players you know he's paid massively by the club so they're not going to want them sitting home on Twitch not knowing who are playing getting 200 mm-hmm. grand a week and not contributing you know His stats were really good last year for the amount of games he played 5 goals 7 assists something along the lines of that so and look he wants to play for Columbia in the World Cup so maybe he's realised, look, if I want to play in the World Cup, my last one in Turkey, I need to knuckle down. I need to get on board. I'm here now. And I'm just going to have to put in the work. So let's hope that is the case. And if he puts in the work and he gets his head down, the manager will surely use him. And it's benefit for all parties. And, you know, if we can get good use out of him and he goes in the summertime, well, it's a reset button anyway in this summer, you know, we're going to have a, another 500,000 off the wage bill at the end of, end of the season anyway. So mm. it's a win-win for everybody then, you know, he does has a good World Cup and stuff and he, you know, it's a win-win for everyone. So 
I'd like to see him personally at least make the bench, be part of the squad, because I still think a half a Hamez coming off for 20 minutes is better than a lot of the options we've had on the bench at some times during the season, you know? Yeah, uh, I think Chris spot on there. This, this chap is, I think he's the best player we've had since probably, well, midfielder, probably Arteta for me, which just that, he's just, he just a class above everything we have. As much as like Alan and the Corey and all our workhorses and, and they do, they get up and down the pitch. This fella can, can just see a past that nobody else can see. But there's a there's a line that like needs to be crossed and he's, he's just, he just seems to be, it's like a soap opera really, to be honest. It's just, it's, it's sour in his time at Everton. So I just hope that he just takes us on board and knuckles down. Yeah, I think there's no doubt in his technical ability and what he's capable of and what he brings to us. You know, we just, Chris touched on everything there and it's all spot on. Um, mm. And I think Rafa was, what he said today was 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 bang on the money as well. I think he kind of kind of put it out. Again, you probably hear that there's two sides to it, but he was kind of saying that he had his issues towards the end of last season and, and everything. And then, you know, I suppose while the window is open that he's, you know, Ancelotti had gone and there was uncertainty about whether he was going to be here and his his mind wasn't in it, you know, whereas mm-hmm. now he realizes that I think it is the Middle East window still open. You know, that's all that's the only option. And he realized that if he goes there that pretty much, you know, his probably chances of playing the World Cup might be gone. So I think the penny might may have dropped and that's what we're hoping for. But I think he put it really well that he's gotta play it that it's a team game. It's not going to be about him. And that's that that's that's the way it has to be. You know, it, it really is. But I think as well, it's about finding the role for him. And there has to be a role for him. You know, he's on 200 grand a week for a reason, you know. Um, but again, I think, again, I just agreeing with Chris that if it's a half an hour here against teams to try to break him down, whatever it is, but he has to be utilised and just, there's no reason why he can't be, you know. But it's it's up to him now. I think the ball is firmly in his court to say, how do you want to approach it? Do you want, are you willing to put in the effort to say to match the rest of the, the squad's work rate. And we've seen in the first four games that this is this is the approach. This is kind of the, the what he's going to demand of, of a squad. But we weren't even filling the bench last week or two weeks ago. So you would hope, you know, yes, there will be others back. But if, if he surely can be integrated someplace along the line and, you know, we, it'll be an absolute disaster if he, if he is frozen out. But I can't see it happening. I think he knows himself. Or you would like to think that, that he needs to play football. Yeah, uh, I, I think it's it works kind of both ways, colleague, because uh, like the lad said, he, this he this is last hurrah, and he wants to play in the World Cup. I think he finished after that, to be honest. But uh, we we kind of need to use him as well, because like I said, he's he's probably the best player in the squad technically by by a long way. So we need to use him as much as we can. Yeah, we do need to use him, Joe, but he needs to be fit enough to be used. Um, I'm going to be honest with you. I understand the, the appeal to Hamez, but he he it, it pissed me off, Joe. I'll be honest with you, 100 honest with you. When he he posts a picture on Instagram of being our ass are being wiped in, in Man City last, that that just pissed me off. That brought me back mm-hmm. to the whole Saipan issue with Roy Keane and, and Mick McCarthy. You know the kind of way. Um, it just goes to show you what a gamble that the club took last year and, and lost. You know. Um, but the lads are going on about is there a role? There is a role for me. It's a he 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 plays the number ten or just behind Dominic, um, or even nearly up with Dominic on Dominic's shoulder to play off Dominic. 
be honest with you. I, I think with the Corey and Alan behind them, it will give them that freedom to, to uh, and in fairness to him, like, we watched matches last year, Joe, and he did track back. It's not a case where he, he, he just doesn't track back, uh, track back, you know, the kind of way. So, but I, I think with Alan and the Corey, he has that little bit of extra insurance that, you know, if he was to lose it, um, so yes, he he needs he, he he certainly needs to be integrated into the team because, look, regardless of what you think of him, he's a very very special player, and I totally agree with you. I think the last player that came anywhere close to him was Arteta, Joe. To be honest with you, you know, uh, and mm-hmm. as one of the lads rightly said, you know, twenty twenty five minutes to go against the likes of a Burnley or whatever the case would be, and it's nil all, and they they are packing uh, two wall two two fours. You know, this guy has that little magical touch that, you know, could open up a defence for us. So, yes, he does need to be used. And for the money that we're paying him, allegedly, uh, on a weekly basis, we should be getting some sort of, of money's worth for him. So, do, will he be on the bench? Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think Benitez isn't, isn't stupid enough not to use him, to be honest with you. Um, and he will be on the bench for me. Um, um, you know, he, he will do a little bit he won't be here next season and as Chris rightly said because you know that big chunk of wages going off the going off the, 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 the books for us so um, it's a win-win situation for us Joe he needs to get back into Colombian side the Colombian manager has already turned around and said he's nowhere near fit enough to, to, to mm. take part in the international setup. so if he takes heed of that and he puts his, his head down we might just get a very good 12 months out of Hamas Hamas Rodriguez yeah, I, I said before, I just want to see the chap once. <laughs> I just want to see to, to not <laughs> see this lad live. No, to not to not see this lad like play actually live would just in in it'll be devastating to be honest. I just want He's, I just want to see the chap once. I seen him in the training photos during the week, and he played and built the fly yesterday. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> <laughs> not that in the head, me. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I said, just once, just come on, Hamas, just come on, score a winner, come over and scream. That's for you, Joe, and then piss off wherever you want to go back to your yacht on a beach or whatever. <laughs> I don't care. Uh, I, I think actually, Chris, we should. Dom, I know there's a Rafa kind of said he's he's playing through the pain barrier a little bit. I think that toe is, st- is still bothering him, but uh, I think he'd be okay to start. It looked like he was in the in the training videos. He was in the full sessions. Hopefully, mm. hopefully it's more of a case of he was playing through the pain as opposed to he is now. You know, you would hope the the two weeks off he got a bit of a rest and got a bit of a rehab and a bit of you know a bit of a got the feet up for a couple of days and he's back in mm. training now, ready to go. Hopefully, but um, look again, like we said last week, just. It says a lot about the character of the guy. A lot, of, a lot of players, Delph, for example, hurt his shoulder. You know, the, the, he's willing to put his body on the line, and you know, he's still knocking on the door. England, there's still qualifiers going, and he's still willing to risk himself. You know, for for his club, when uh, there's so much on the line for him on a personal level. So testament to the guy. Fair play to him, and you can't question the guy's commitment. And you know, we yeah, we we've. We talk a lot about his, you know, his finishing and stuff, and he's improving. But he's he's a excellent centre forward. He's committed. He works hard. You know, he he scores goals. He seems like a very humble 
genuine anytime he's in the field good individual you know knows what the club is about has time for the fans and all that kind of thing so now he's a proper turning into a real role model um, let's just hope the goals keep flowing you know again with the wingers and stuff he should be getting a lot more chances this year a couple two or three a game so this could be the likes of Burnley be a tricky game maybe where you know they have a good back pair in Ben Mee and Tarowski or Tarowski Two big, strong, powerful lads. So we love his hands full with the two of them. But, but uh, yeah, like we said, we'll just have to come up with other ways of creating chances and getting in the right areas against teams that are going to be a bit more defence-minded, you know. But give him two or three chances and I'm confident he'll put at least one of them away, you know. Yeah, I, I think he's just, he's just progressed. We've said this time and time again, Richie. He's progressed season after season after season. And I think with... With him being on penalty duties this this year, uh, we we'll just see another progressive season. Yeah, I mean, there's no reason to doubt it. It's, you know, we've touched on it all. That you know, once the chances keep coming, that you've you confidence that he's going to. Yeah, he, every striker is going to miss one, but you know that he's that law of averages. He's he's going to get one and two, one and three, whatever it is. But you know, I think it's it's a testament to the guy himself. You know, came back late after the Euros, carrying a knock. You know, you know, kept plugging away, kept plugging away. His three and three. You know, we can't really ask for much more, you know, and as you said, he, he's improved year on year and you just expect him to keep on going. And I think the likes of the penalties as well will help conference, will just help keep things ticking over as well. I think Holly touched on it last week as well. The style of, that we're playing now, we're a bit more progressive into the box and stuff. So we may kind of get a few more penalties than we normally do, which again is just great because it keeps his numbers ticking on. And from a striker, you just don't want to get into that drought. That's kind of what we've seen from him before where he's kind of patchy and he'll go on maybe six or seven and then he can go six or seven the other side without scoring. So it's something like that, just little things to kind of to, to, to wipe the slate and get going again. But looking forward to seeing him if he's, if he, if he's back, to, back to full fitness and kind of seeing, because I think this, I, I think I mentioned it the last that this international break has kind of come at the right time for us, given us a chance to reboot an extra two weeks with not too many away. And, you know, you'll be hoping another two weeks on the, on the training ground with a new manager. So you get to work on all these things as well, which is really good. So I think we're in a good shape going into the weekend, you know, and I think Bar, I think Delph is the only one. He said Tom Davis is close as well, but Delph is the only one that's, that, that's actually out. So I think we're in a good shape finally, you know, coming into this one. Yeah, I think, we, like you said, Colin, we have kind of a strong bench. Well, looks it looks from the training the training videos that uh, a lot of the fringe players have been putting themselves about. So I'd be, I'd be actually confident going. I know Bourne, I said it before, Bourne, they're the, just a horrible, stinking, rotten team. I just, ah, just, just, Sean Dice, just anti, anti football. But I think we should have enough of this. So we're going to predictions, Colin, you first. Uh, 3-1 to the Blues, Joe. 3-1. OK, Chris? 2-1 for us. Hard, we make hard work of it, but 2-1. OK, and Rich? Yeah, I think we'll win as well. I'm going to go 2-0. I just I don't see as much in Burnley as they have in previous seasons. They've let they've let a lead slip twice as well in recent in the, in the two or three games. So I think we went 2-0. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go 2-0 as well. I know Chris, you said that um, the two last Tarkovsky and Ben May, but I just think defensively they're not, like Richard said, they're not. The, the team, they, they kind of built everything on their defence, keep the clean sheet and then kind of scrapping and robbing goals here and there. But uh, I just don't think they have it. If we could keep um, 
McNeil quite, I think that that do the trick. Oh, they always seem to they always seem to start seasons relatively slow, and then they pick up as it goes on. You think, ah, oh, they're gone, mm. and then yeah. they go on a good run, mm. and they end up finishing like fifteenth or something, sixteenth. You know, so hopefully that yeah, continues this the, year. The, the, the Alps play, the Alps play well against us, but they beat us a couple of times in the last two or three seasons. So um, yeah, I think their pace will will will, will uh, help us an awful lot on Monday night. I, I particularly mm. on the wings. Uh, I can see he's getting a, a penalty on Monday night, to be honest with you. Particularly Gray. Mm-hmm. I think if Gray goes one on one with either of their either of their fullbacks, I think he has the beating of both of them. So they have that new lad starting up on Monday night, Cornet or Carney or whatever his name is. So he's only new to the, the Premier League. So be interesting to see how he comes on. But I I I, I have a feeling we'll get a penalty again on Monday night. Yeah, hopefully. In a lot of those games mm. as well, we wouldn't have worked as hard as we work now. We're working a lot harder, you know, on the physical yeah. side. We're, we're, we're matching teams like Burnley that they may not be the best technically, but they're going to work the bollocks off and they're going to be physical and they're going to be in your face. So, you know, hopefully now we'll, we'll match that and our quality will shine through in the end. That's what you'd be hoping, you know. Yeah, spot on. I think the work rate, like we said a couple times last season, the season before, we just didn't have pace or no power and I think we have that in abundance now we didn't have attitude especially on the flanks we didn't even have an attitude though our attitude was wrong going into these type of games we didn't know how to approach it when people came up physically mm. against us and they, and they worked hard whereas now we seem to be able to, to work hard you know and that's if you get that right at the start having those sprinkles of quality you know that's, that's, that's what will win games yeah, yeah fingers crossed Okay, boys. Thanks for that. I know you're going over, Chris. So uh, just just tell him to hang on for another couple. Of uh, I hope he comes on the last few minutes. Come, imagine him coming down to take a corner, the reception you get. He's never had a chance to form that connection with the fan base. You know it. what I mean? Yeah, that's that's it. I think if he, like if he if he if if he comes on and like it's a packed goalers and all that lights and and he and he kind of gets that that feel and that feedback. I I I think it will just not not make him change his way, but. Might make him up his game a little bit. No, it just like you said before, Chris, that Richarlison feeds off things like that. You know, he feeds off the crowd. So I, I think James might be might be similar. If he well, well, once we're winning, <laughs> we're not bringing him on to try and change the game. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, okay, fingers crossed. Right, lads, thanks for today. I talk to you next All week. All right, lads. Good nice weekend, boys. See you later. See you later. Bye, bye. Thanks for listening to the podcast. If you're interested in joining the Irish Toffee Supporters Club, just send an email to memberships at irish-toffees.com or visit our website www.irish-toffees.com. Up the toffees.